Welcome to my podcast, Only Girl on the Job Site. I'm Renee Beery, an interior designer with a passion for managing construction projects, large and small. My mission is to empower women, both homeowners and interior designers, to manage renovation projects like a pro. My goal in sharing my knowledge and experience from working in the field for the past 29 years will allow you to avoid the mistakes I have seen and go into projects confident and knowledgeable about the industry so that your projects will be as smooth and as successful as possible. Recently, I was speaking with some designers inside my signature course, Only Girl on the Job Site, Designer Edition, and we were talking all things about the industry. Most of the women I was speaking with had less than 10 years experience, more around five or six, mostly doing decorating work, doing some renovation work, and obviously wanted to expand this offering to their clients and therefore joined the course. And one of the topics that kept coming up, they wanted to hear how the industry had changed over the years from my experience. And it came up not only in decorating, but of course, in the renovation side. And so I thought I would share with you all what my personal experience has been over the past couple of decades that I've been doing this work. Personally, I think it's fascinating to see the evolution of the interior design industry, and I think it might point to where we're going from this point forward. So let's get started. Welcome back to the podcast. I'm glad you're here. Like I said, this conversation got started inside the course with members who are wondering how this industry has evolved over the last close to 30 years that I've been a part of it. And I think it's an interesting conversation to have because there are lessons to be learned that possibly could explain the direction that we will be going in from this point forward. And if I had a crystal ball, I would certainly share that information with you because it is important to know where our industry is going so that you can plan and prepare for it. But I think looking back and trying to take those lessons and project forward is as close as we're going to get to a crystal ball. Now, full disclosure, I have only been an interior designer. In fact, my first job in the business was as a senior in high school. And at the time, I had no idea that the woman I was working for was truly among the best. I simply knew her through family friends, and she was willing to hire me. And that is about as much research as I did before getting that job. Now, I moved on to New York. I went to design school, the New York School of Interior Design for my graduate degree. And then I started working with really top designers in the city. And it was the 90s. It was amazing. I mean, there were no budgets or huge budgets. And the projects were plentiful. Now, but what I want to explain is you need to remember that this was the 90s. This was before the internet, and this was before the access to trade-only resources existed. So what did that mean? Well, quite simply, if a client wanted stark carpeting, they could only purchase it through an interior designer or architect, mostly an interior designer. I mean, think about that for a minute. You couldn't get it on One King's Lane. You couldn't find a resource on the internet that would sell it to you, even if it was retail price. You could literally only get that name brand through an interior designer. 
That's what we mean by trade-only resources. Now, that term gets applied to lots of things nowadays, but really in the 90s and before then, that's what it meant. There was only access to those goods through an interior designer. So, of course, we were in big demand. It was also New York City, so there's lots and lots of people. So demand was never the problem. The budgets themselves, again, were excessive, way over the top. It was the 90s. It was the heydays. And and I have to say, it was really exciting to be there. But again, that's with hindsight. I was young. I was new to the business. And while I, of course, understood in the moment that this was a really big deal to be moving and shaking and designing in these really exotic homes and these huge price tags, I didn't fully appreciate it until I left New York, until I had the moment to take a breath and look back on that work. But then the industry also changed because we headed into the 2000s with the dawn of the internet and the accessibility to the general public to anything. And there were still trade-only resources. And so designers flocked to those resources. And that makes sense, right? You're going to protect your resources. And quite frankly, you still couldn't get stark carpet in the 2000s without an interior designer's account. And so the industry shifted. It evolved. It changed. There were some designers who kicked and screamed the whole way. And then there were some designers that learned to pivot along with the industry. And they learned to let homeowners do some research on the internet. They supplemented with trade-only resources when they needed to have something that was unique and special. And they really did shift. And the women I worked for led the way. And so when I went out on my own, this was the new reality. It was a blend. It was a collaborative experience, much more so than it had been previously because the internet was opening things up to everyone. And then it evolved again. I can't say at what point in the 2000s, I don't know, maybe the last 10 years or so, the evolution of trade-only resources has taken place. And they have evolved from trade accounts to more open to public accessibility. And so what does that mean? Well, Star Carpet is a great example and why I brought it up. So in the early years of my career, it was only 100% locked down for the trade only. In the 2000s, it was a little looser, but still trade only. Now you can gain access to Stark Carpet, whether it's on One King's Lane, whether it's from a third-party vendor, it is accessible. It's not as easy as walking into a retail store and finding the carpets there, but it is accessible. And again, designers really pushed back on that. They felt that the vendors were leaving them high and dry. And while I understand their argument, and I, trust me, have thought about it myself, it's just an inevitability. The internet has changed everything as far as accessibility. And I believe these vendors either had to evolve along with it or die on the vine. And so we as an industry have evolved again. And so there's even more collaboration. 
in my business. If a client wants to go out and purchase something on their own, that's fine with me. I will help specify it. I will make sure it's the right size, scale, color, what have you. And if they want to purchase it on their own, then they go ahead and do that. But I know other designers who don't allow that, and that is their business plan. So designers have had to be creative and clever as far as how they have pivoted along with the changes in the businesses supporting interior designers. Now, how does that compare to the renovation work that I do? Well, pretty much the same as the differences between night and day. Renovation projects that I worked on in the 90s in New York City during the heyday of the 90s run the same way, the exact same way as the projects I run today. Now, let me repeat that. There has been little to no change in the renovation management portion of my business from the 90s to today. Now, why is that? Well, the renovation management side of my business is based on my experience and knowledge. It's not based on accessibility. It's not based on something you can Google. Now, can you Google how to apply drywall? Sure, you can do that, but that's not what a trained interior designer does on a job site. A trained interior designer brings in the custom elements that they know through experience will elevate the project to a level of custom that the homeowner is seeking. So this conversation was really interesting with the women in this group. They were fascinated that they had each experienced a change inside of their business, even for the short years that they had been practicing on their decorating business. And those who were looking to add the renovation business were quite honestly thrilled to hear that there was stability and there was consistency in renovation work. And those who were doing renovation work had noticed that trend, that there were no highs and lows inside that portion of the business because it was based on their knowledge and skills. Now, are things more accessible to homeowners for renovation projects? Well, of course, you can go on the Kohler website and you can locate all of your fixtures and your tubs and sinks and faucets all on your own. And that is wonderful. But you still need the knowledge and advice an interior designer brings in order to pick ones that will work for your specific project, the right size, the right finish. Why that finish? The designer can tell you why the finish she's recommending will be better suited based on the other selections, the tile or the paint color or the light fixtures. This is what an interior designer brings to the table that can never go away. So where do I see our industry going from this point on? So I see the decorating side staying the same, if not changing again to more and more accessibility to the clients. Now, those of us who do procurements, meaning they purchase furniture and furnishings for a project, that will cut into your bottom line. It just goes without saying. And in order to supplement those cuts, you'll need to bring in another revenue stream. It's just that simple. And the one that I can't recommend enough is the renovation management service. It is just a consistent revenue stream that can supplement what you may be losing going forward with procurements. Hell, I have friends who have been in the business as long as I have, and they're about to swear off doing any procurements. It has gotten so difficult to get products. Now, 
I, for one, am an optimist. I don't think this will last. I don't think these horrendous lead times will continue. And I pray I'm right on this one. But I get their point. They said, forget it, Renee. I am not going to wait a year for a sofa on one project. I'm just not going to do it. The income isn't enough to warrant keeping that project on my books for a year. So their solution, they're going to boost their renovation services in order to supplement the income that they will lose from the procurements that they count on year after year. Now, the other thing I think is interesting, and you will not, I promise, hear me praise the HGTV type shows very often, but this is the one time. So listen carefully. I think the dawn of the HGTV shows and the magazines and the magnolias and hell, they're everywhere makes it more accessible to people to take on home renovation projects. And yes, you've heard me complain about those shows before. And I've always said the only upside is that they do make home renovation projects more available to any person. And for that, I will always be thankful because that will create the pipeline to support the interior designers who want to do renovation management. Now, will every person hire an interior designer to manage their project? No, of course not. And why I have a lot of homeowners that listen to my show, they too want the same tips and tricks. But I can promise you, there are a whole lot of people who do want the knowledge and skills that an interior designer brings to any project in order to save them time and money on their own home renovation project. It is just that simple. So there's my one plug for the HGTV channels and magazines of the world. They will continue to fuel people's interests in doing home renovation projects, which gives interior designers more opportunities to develop clients. It's that simple. So why do I keep doing some decorating projects? Like I've said in the past, a good year for me mentally is 60% construction and 40% decorating. Well, I'm old school. I like to decorate. I love that feeling of putting in pretty things and hearing the client say, I love this. It's just something I like. And I don't think that's going to change. Well, hell, it hasn't changed after almost 30 years. So I don't think it's going to change anytime soon. Is it more difficult for me to pull off a decorating job these days? Oh, hell yes. And that is going to be here for a little while. So I am still going to do it. Um, And some of my friends in the business think I'm crazy. And I might be a little bit, but I do enjoy that component. It bends my brain in a different way. And I will always like that to balance out the construction projects that I do as well. But I also know that those construction projects will be the core of my business and the decorating will be the fun part, because I do believe the decorating side will continue to erode as far as needing an interior designer to accomplish the same task. Now, I know I just felt a bunch of sighs and eye rolls from designers and maybe even a few tears. And I don't mean that to upset you, but I do believe, given all of the things I have seen, that that is the trajectory of the decorating side of the business. Now, don't hear that and think that I don't believe interior designers aren't needed. If you've been listening, you know I believe an interior designer brings something to any project, whether it's decorating or construction project, that a homeowner cannot do on their own. They can get close. I have seen it, but there is just something about 
adding that skill set and knowledge and experience to a project. Again, whether it's construction or decorating, that elevates the final design. It is that simple. And maybe the better way to explain it is that the accessibility will continue and that will erode the amount of income that can be generated from a decorating only business. And that's where I want you all to really think hard about the renovation management side of your business. Whether you have one or not, I want you to really consider building that into your services or expanding your existing offerings so that our industry can thrive pivot and change along with the times in which we live. So I know that may have been a little heavier than all of you were hoping for, but I thought it was a really good conversation with these women. And I really wanted to share it with all of you because I know so many designers listen to this podcast and I want to make sure that I am sharing my knowledge of where the industry has come from and where I personally think the industry is going so that you can have all of the tools at your disposal to make the right choices for you and your firm to stay strong and healthy as we move through this next decade. So as always, this may bring up more questions than giving you answers. Please feel free to reach out. Let me know your thoughts. Let me know if you agree with me. If you don't agree with me, give me a counter argument. I would love to hear what you're experiencing because Truthfully, the industry is different in different parts of the country. And so what you're experiencing, if you're on the West Coast, it may be vastly different than what I'm experiencing on the East Coast. And so I'd love to hear that. I would definitely share it with this audience because we are stronger with knowledge. And that is what this show is all about. And for those of you wondering, yes, I was speaking with these women inside the course because we are in the process of revamping it. I have been listening for well over a year now to the members inside the course, what they learned the most, what they didn't understand, what they hoped would have been included, and everything in between. And I am so excited. We have gone back inside the course. We are tweaking certain existing lessons. We are adding in other lessons that members felt would be even more helpful. And we are really, really excited about what is coming soon. So if you want to hear more about it, you need to get on the wait list. You can find that on my website under the header of designers. You'll look for the course and join the wait list. That is how you will be the first to know when we officially launch the course in the coming weeks. And for homeowners listening, the course I built to help you manage your own projects is on the website. It is live. You can go on it, check it out, email me with any questions, or just do the right thing, jump in the course, and learn everything you need to know to manage your own project like a pro does. I can promise you it will save you time and money to know the steps that you must be taking so that you can stay on top of your project and finish smooth and strong. So thank you again for your time today, and I look forward to our next time together. Thank you for listening today, and feel free to join me on social media at Davine Design in order to stay up to date on the latest happenings in my construction world. There is more detailed information on my website for my signature courses for both homeowners and designers, as well as other material to help guide you through a successful renovation project. 
Make sure to follow my podcast so that you get notifications of new episodes so you don't miss a tip. If you enjoyed this episode, spread the word, leave a review and tell your friends who are starting or are mid project. And thank you again for listening today.